Hey, if you just tuned in, um, I'm Miles McPherson. Welcome to the Rock Church. We are so excited for the word that God is going to give you. Um, and wherever you are, I'm just going to ask you to get on your knees. We're going to get on our knees and pray and, and ask the Holy Spirit to encourage us. And so if you're sitting down on your couch, in your bathroom, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing in your bathroom, uh, in your kitchen, let's get on our knees. These are your knees. Let's put them on the ground. And we're going to come before God and tell him, how much we need him. Um, if there is ever a time that we really need to see God, it is right now during this COVID-19 crisis. And so let's see God for ourselves and all the people around the world who are suffering and that God would give us wisdom and clarity about who he is and what he wants us to do, how he wants us to respond. So God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray for everybody listening and watching. I declare your peace over them. I denounce the lies that are in their head about the doomsday that's coming. Lord, they are here today. We don't need to worry about tomorrow because today has enough problems. And we surrender today's problems into your hand. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you are God who provides always, on time. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. As you get up, hit your share button and let's uh, share this link with your friends, family, your social, social network. If you are new, whenever we do what we do in the beginning of every service, we lift our Bibles up and we say word. We do that because this is the God's word and this is the foundation upon uh, which we teach and live and make our decisions. We believe that it's God's word, that it's inspired by God. And so we're going to lift it up on the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Word, if you have it on your phone, whatever it is. Turn to Exodus chapter 3, the second Second book of the whole Bible in the very beginning, Exodus chapter 3, should be easy to find. The second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 3. And again, if you just joined us, I'm Miles McPherson. Welcome to the Rock Church. God is going to bless you. He is right there with you. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Um, I was out making some videos this week and we were, had some volunteers from our church. And there was a young lady, she's 20 years old. She's a San Diego State soccer player. And we were talking and I asked her what she wanted to do when she grew up. And she said she wanted to be a doctor. So she's taking biology and she wants to be a pediatrician and be a doctor for little kids. And the first thing I said was, man, when I was young, I wanted to be a doctor. But I didn't do it. And the reason I didn't do it is because when I was young, I did not believe that I was smart enough, disciplined enough, good enough, didn't think I could, I, would, I thought I would fail. And all these lies in my head derailed that dream. Now, God worked it out. I'm doing something. I'm a spiritual doctor now, if you will. God worked it out. However, at that time, I didn't even try. I didn't even try because I talked myself out of it because of what was in my head. I wonder how many of you are selling yourself short and settling for second third, fourth, best because of the lies that are in your head. You're dating someone because you don't really want this type of person, but you just settle because you don't think you're good enough for someone smarter than them, someone more accomplished than them. 
You're at a job because you don't think, you, you haven't had the courage or the faith to write a resume and go for a, a bigger job or a promotion because you just sold yourself short because you don't think you're smart enough, good enough, tall enough. All these lies that are in our head that tell us you're not something and we believe it and therefore we, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Today I want to continue our series, There's Still Hope. There's Still Hope. In the life of Moses, when Moses was called into ministry, God said, I am sending you back to Egypt. And the first thing Moses did was start to recite all the lies in his head and the, and the, the hesitations that he had in his head. And then God had to answer those lies. Today, we are going to answer those lies. The title of my sermon is called Finding Freedom. Because as a man thinks in his heart... So is he. So what we're going to do is we're going to look through three lies that Moses had to deal with. One, is God a fraud? You need to know whether God is a fraud or not. If you are not sure about that truth, you will not trust God. You also need to know that God's got your back. One of the things Moses says, what if people don't believe me? If God's going to send you out into the world to do something amazing, just like he sent Moses out into the world to do something amazing. One, you have to know who God is. Next thing you have to believe is that God got your back. Moses said, first, who are you? Then Moses said, well, what if they don't believe me? And then Moses says, I can't talk. You have to also understand that God has gifted you exactly the way he wants you to be gifted. God has gifted you exactly the way he's want, he's want you to be gifted for the role in his kingdom that he has, has for you. And so I want to look at those three lies. And my, here's my prayer is that as you consider the fact that God has called you to go help somebody, just like he called Moses, that the devil's going to get in your head and you're going to have all these hesitations of why you can't share your faith, why you can't do ministry, why you can't help somebody, why you can't learn. You're going to have all these things in your head. And unless you deliver yourself, unless you get free from those lies in your head, you're never going to move forward in your life. So here's the context. Moses is 80 years old. He spent 40 years in Pharaoh's home as an adopted child and an adult, 40 years. And he spent 40 years in the wilderness as a shepherd. And then at 80 years old, he has this burning bush experience. And God has this conversation with him in Exodus 3. We saw this last week. And he says to, to Moses, Moses, I'm sending you back to Egypt from where you came to deliver my people because I've heard their cries. I know their pain. I know their sorrows. And Moses says, well, who am I? And we saw last week, we saw last week that Moses had to come to grips with what does it mean to know God? Then today we're going to look at these three excuses he gave. And in his excuses, he is going to find freedom. Now, before I go there, let me give you the big picture of this whole series. This is four steps of making a difference in the world. Four steps. One is to know God. First step is to know God. The first thing you have to understand is who are you in your relationship with God? If God is going to use you in the world, if you're going to make a difference with what most people want to do, the first thing you have to do is what does it mean to know God? It's not that you have intellectual information about God. It has that you have a dynamic relationship with God. And we talked about that last week. So go check that out because there are things about you knowing God that are just straight facts. It has nothing to do with what you feel. And then the next step after you know God is to find freedom, which is what we're going to talk about today. And finding freedom is a lifelong process. However, it means that you are going to identify these lies that you're in bondage to. You're going to denounce those lies, which we're going to do today. And then you're going to declare truth. Ooh, 
I denounce the lie that I'm dumb and I declare that I am intelligent. I denounce the lie that I'm a failure and I declare that I'm success because I obey God. I denounce the lie that I'm not good enough and declare that I'm good enough because God says so. So that's what we're going to do today. So first know God, find freedom, and then you're going to discover your purpose. By the way, next week we're going to talk about how you discover your purpose. Um, and you should go to our website and take the spiritual gift test that I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. But next week we're going to talk about how do you know your purpose. Now you can't know your purpose unless you get set free from the lies. You can't get set free from your lies unless you know God. So know God. What does it mean to know God? We talked about that last week. Find freedom. We're going to talk about that today. Discover your purpose. And once you know your gifts, your talents, your passions, and then you can make a difference. Now, it doesn't mean you can't make a difference if you don't know God. You can make a difference, but I'm talking about making the difference that God has created you to make. That's what I'm talking about. So finding freedom, finding freedom. So number one in your notes, number one, the first step is to denounce the lies that accuse God of being a fraud. I denounce the lie that accuses God of being a fraud and I declare that he is independently powerful, faithful, and loving. And you can, that list can go on forever. So here, here's the story. Imagine ladies, and I want to talk to the ladies here for a minute. And this applies to guys too, but let me just talk to the ladies here. In the grocery store, you're single. There's no significant guy in your life. And you're in the grocery store and, you know, and you're, you, know, you, buy, you buy the, the, the lettuce and the tomatoes, buying some salad. And this guy comes and he's, he's like, to you, he's like gorgeous, okay, smooth, got his teeth, got dressed pretty good, took a shower, hair combed. And you, he starts talking to you. And then you ask him his name. And he says that his name is Player. That's his name, Player. What would you say? Now, I would assume you would be like, say that again? <laughs> and he said it with like a smooth, late night radio voice. Yo, what's up, girl? And you said, ah, hi. And yo, yo, how you doing? And he said, what? And he asked you your name. He said, oh, my name is Nary. And then, and then you said, what's your name? And he said, yo, my name is Player. <laughs> Player. I would assume that you would think because his name was Player that he had a whole bunch of honeys all over town because that's his name would indicate what he does. Or if he said, my, that my friends call me liar <laughs> or my family calls me Mr. Deceitful. If that was his name, I would, that name would indicate his character. Here's Moses. Moses is talking to the fire and he says to God, what is your name? Tell me your name because your name is going to tell me your character. Look what it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel, you're going to send me to Egypt, and in Egypt are the children of Israel, God, and you're going to send me, and, and I come to them and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say, what is his name? What am I supposed to say? What's your name? First time God says his name, it says God says, I am who I am. This is the baddest name ever in the history of the world. What's your name? Jim. What's your name? John. What's your name? Mary. What's your name? I am who I am. And he says, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, God's name is uh, 
so big, so comprehensive, so complicated, and so deep, yet so simple. Now, this is where we get the word, what we call Jehovah, which is actually pronounced Yehovah, which comes from the word Yahweh, which really no one knows how to pronounce. So just, so just simplify Yehovah. It means that I exist completely independent of everything that does exist. In other words, I independently exist. I am independently self-sufficient. I am the uncaused cause. Nothing caused me, but I cause it. I am the beginningless beginner. We understand by science that everything in the universe has to have a beginning. That everything has to be caused. Because in the universe, there are laws, scientific laws, physics, math, chemistry, biology, that indicate to us how things function. And when we study science and we study the universe and living things and non-living things matter, it leads us to a conclusion that everything had to have a beginning. That is everything within the universe. The problem is God exists outside the universe. Matter of fact, he created science and the rules that govern science. So it would all point back to him because the invisible attributes, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen in what he made, which is the universe. So when God says, I am that I am, he says, there's nothing you can do to create me. There's nothing you could do to diminish me or increase me. There's nothing you can do to make me smarter or dumber. There's nothing you can do to make me more loving or less loving. I exist all by myself. So you tell them, Yehovah. This is how we would say it in English, Yehovah. You tell them that I have sent you. Now, I'm studying these Hebrew names of God, and Yehovah is Yehovah. This is how you would pronounce it. I just want to read a couple to you because I want you to understand the context. Because when you understand God's name, you can understand not only his faithfulness to you, but his self-sufficient ability to bless you and to encourage you. Look what it says. It says, Yehovah, Yehovah Yireh, or what we would say, Jehovah Jireh, Yehovah Yireh, God sees and provides. That means nothing can help God see you any clearer and nothing can help God provide for you any better. He independently can do whatever he wants to provide for your needs. Doesn't need any help. Yehovah Shammah, God is here. Nothing can, nothing can take you out of God's presence. He independently is always with you. Yehovah Shalom, he is the God of peace. He is the originator and self-sustainer of peace. He is the prince of peace. Yehovah Sikenu, he is righteousness. He is the originator of what is right. You can't correct God. He's right. He's the foundation of right. He created right. Yehovah Rapha, he's the healer. Yehovah Mekadeshkem, he sanctifies. Yehovah Melech, I can go on and on and on. All these titles tell us that God is the supreme of all supreme beings. And when he says, I am that I am, he doesn't say, I am who I think I am. I am who I might be. It's who he is. This is, this is why it's so powerful when the devil can confuse our identity. When the devil can destroy your self-esteem, he starts to question your identity. When the devil tempted Jesus, tried to get Jesus to sin, the devil said, if you are the son of God, he questioned his identity. God says, no, I am crystal clear about who I am. I am the, I am the, the founder of clarity. 
the founder of vision, and I can give that to you. So when God calls you, if you can understand his complete faithfulness and his inability to be unfaithful because he is faithfulness, that's the God you can trust in. And that's why it's so critical that whenever you have doubts in your head about God's faithfulness, God's ability to call you, use you, protect you, provide for you, that you go back to what is his name. Number two, number two, I denounce the lies that doubt the credibility of God's calling on my life as being false or temporary. And I declare that God has validated my kingdom assignment with spiritual power. You have to understand that in your mind, you're going to hear all the time, they're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe me. When we were buying this physical building, and I'm standing here right now, maybe 12 years ago, we were trying to raise money for this building. Long story, we were down to our last $8 million. And someone had pledged $7 million. And we needed this money like in a month or two weeks or something, really short period of time. And the consultant said, you, you need to go to that one person and get that money. I said, well, I can't force the guy. I mean, it is what it is. I, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to announce it to the church that we, we're short this much money. And if any, he says, there is nobody on your, in your church that has money because he looked at all our the records and we talked to all the donors. And I said, well, you don't know what God can do. He said, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. If you tell them that, you're going to discourage the church. I said, I was going to tell them the truth. The truth can't, it is what it is. And, and, and he, he did not believe. He said, they are not going to believe. They're not going to, you're going to discourage them. They're going, to, they're going to lose faith. I said, listen, I'm going to tell them and let's see what God does. And I said, hey, look, our church, we, you know, we got a couple of weeks and we had this pledge and it didn't come in. He pledged the money, but it didn't come in. And so is it, and this, we need eight million. So we need to pray that God would do something. And that day, that day, I was walking in the lobby. Actually, at that time, it was in the back of the church. And this guy comes up to me, never saw him in my life. He said, hey, I heard the announcement and uh, I want to talk to you about helping with the building. Make a long story short, that guy gave $5.6 million. And some other things happened. So we obviously, we made it. And God gave a little bit of here, a little bit here. But the consultant, he was only looking in the natural. And he wasn't looking in the supernatural. Moses says, what if I go and they don't believe me? What if they just see this old guy, not 80 years old, saying, hey, God spoke to me. And they just look at you, ah, that ain't going to happen. Let me tell you something. You're gonna, the devil's going to tell you people aren't going to believe you. You're not good enough. You're not tall enough. You're not cute enough. You're not handsome enough. You're, not, you're, not, you're the wrong color. You're the wrong gender, whatever it is. And, 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 and no one's going to believe me. Well, look what it says in the Bible. The Bible says, Moses said, in verse, chapter 4, verse 1, Moses said, suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Suppose I'm not going to be taken serious. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. <laughs> the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? And by the way, this verse, what's that in your hand? This is our verse for next week. God has put something in your hand that has power. We're going to talk about this next week. Because what's in your hand is the key to you discovering your purpose. We're going to get to that next week. But he said, what's in your hand? He said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a snake. Moses jumped back. And then, and then the Lord said to him, reach out, take your hand and take it by the tail. I don't know if you love snakes. Most people I know don't. I love snakes. 
But so this has been cool for me. But most people, so Moses jumped back, bam, and he says, reached out his hand and he caught it by the t- tail and it became a rod again. So he threw the rod on the ground, it became a snake, grabbed it, and, and, it, and it was supernatural. It became a rod in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to you. I'm gonna give you power, I'm gonna do supernatural things. I'm going to do things that nobody can explain. You have to believe that. You have to denounce the lies that God has not called you and that you're a fraud or maybe he called you for this thing and not that thing. That God has got your back and he will support you and validate your calling with power. Supernatural power. Number three, I denounce the lie that placed doubt on my being gifted enough. You're not good enough to make a difference. And I declare that God has supernaturally equipped me to fulfill my purpose. Very different thing. God has given you gifts, but you, there's also some natural talents that you don't think you have. You can't talk. You don't read well. I was walking, uh, going to do a high school assembly in inner city Philly. School is mostly black and Hispanic. And I had this youth pastor with me from New Jersey, which was right over the, over the bridge, and he was a young white guy, and he had never been to an inner city school in Philly. And it was assembly, you know, a thousand kids, whatever it was. And we're walking into the school, and he stops me, he said, hold on, hold on. I said, what's up? He says, how should I act when I go into school? Because he's worried about, they're, they're gonna reject him. He's worried they're gonna make fun of him. He's gonna be out of, out of. I said, brother, what do you mean? He said, well, how should I act? I said, number one, you don't act good enough to fool those kids. So you don't want to try that. And number two, if you just be yourself, even if you are goofy, they will see that you are being yourself. Look what God, Moses said to God, and God said to Moses. He said, Moses said to the Lord, Oh Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. I don't talk well. I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Some people think he stuttered. That's why I'm doing that. So the Lord said to him, Moses, who made your mouth? Who made you mute, deaf, seeing, blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. You know what God said? The way you are, I want to use that right there. All you got to do is be yourself. Do you know that, hey, listen, my grammar, I don't have good grammar. I know I don't have good grammar. Now, I try to work on my grammar. I don't have good grammar. I, I walk around. I'm not, I have all these uh, idiosyncrasies and flaws. And you know what God says? I'm going to use those things for my glory. <laughs> When you are weak, God is strong. In other words, when you're coming into a situation and you're like, you don't know everything and, and you can be prayed up and all stuff, but stuff happens and you're just saying, Lord, I just depend on you. I'm going to do my best and then I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm uh, surrender the rest. That's all you can do. This is the beautiful thing about God. Is that God just wants you to surrender who you are. It's amazing how God will take someone who is slow of speech like Moses to talk to the most powerful man in the world. Why? Because God says, I need to get the glory. It's not about your power. It's about your submission. It's not about your ability. It's about your availability. 
And so as God calls you to be like Moses in someone's life, to share food to someone, especially during COVID, to share a word of encouragement, to share a prayer, to share a Bible study, to whatever it is, share your faith, to share the gospel, or to be involved in the ministry. As God calls you, you're going to have all these doubts. Trust me, I know there's probably thousands of doubts. But one of them is going to be, is God going to be faithful? Is God going to get your back? Is he going to be there? Has God equipped you? Does God, does God think, are you trying to do something that's way above your pay grade? Absolutely. You are definitely trying to do something way above your pay grade. But it's not above God's pay grade. And if God is with you, who can be against you? So the only thing you have to do to find freedom, I say the only thing, is that you have to identify the lies in your head. It could be, listen, I'm ugly. I'm not worth anything because of what my dad did. I've always failed in my life. Write those lies down and denounce them out loud. And then declare God's truth. Not necessarily the opposite, but God's truth. Because if you're short, you can't declare you're tall because you're not tall. (laughs) But what you can declare is that you're tall enough. (laughs) If you don't like math and you're not good at math, and and by the way, some people will never be really good at math because that's not your thing. You can say, I'm not good at math, but I declare that that is not going to stop me because I'm going to be real good at English. But what does the Bible say? That you are intelligent, that you have the mind of Christ, that God's wisdom can empower you and enlighten you. But the first thing you have to do is surrender your life to him. In a minute, you're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my life to you. I realize I have stuff in my head. We all do. I have never met a person that doesn't. I realize that I've been sabotaging my own life. I've been sabotaging your plans in my life. I've been sabotaging your vision. I've been talking myself out of joy into stress. I'm fighting against myself. I am my own worst enemy. I realize that if I would have just trusted you years ago, I would be in a completely different place today. But since I can't go back and change that, I'm going to make a decision today to surrender all that to you because I want to be free. I want to at least be free enough to have those discussions with myself. Some of you don't even feel free enough to even consider that you can be free from those things. But you can. God wants to renew your mind. The Bible says present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Present your body a living sacrifice. It's not dead. It's alive. It's functional. It works. Surrender to God. As a living sacrifice, let the Holy Spirit consume and burn your body, but not destroy it, but give it life. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you will start to believe with clarity who you are and what God has for you. And then instead of entertaining the garbage that the devil's putting in your head, the garbage that you've been thinking about all your life, that you really can overcome those lies and really be set free one day at a time, my friends. It's a battle, one day at a time. You can't win battles unless you're in war. (laughs) You can't win battles unless you defeat your enemy. It is a fight and we are all in it. Step number one is, Lord, I surrender my life to you. 
A, B, C. Number one, I admit that I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. All of us are sinners. If you would like to surrender your life to Christ, you have the one admit that you're a sinner simply by saying, Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. The Bible says everybody sins. The Bible says if you say you're without sin, you make him to be a liar. And he ain't a liar. So admit that you're a sinner. Number two, believe. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me and rose from the dead. And I believe he loves me. And I believe he has something better for me than what I have. And number three, confess. I confess my sins to him. I repent and turn away. In a minute, we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior, which is the first step of getting free, is to know God. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And you can simply surrender your life to him. Once you surrender your life, this is the cool thing. It's all on him now. All he wants you to do is obey. Obey. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, this church, which is 20, we just had our 20-year anniversary. It is not because I'm intelligent. It's not because I'm a good person. It's because God is faithful. And in spite of my knuckleheadness, trying to do the best and make mistakes and keep moving forward, God says, I can work with that. So it's not about you saying, I'm going to be perfect now. It's about you saying, I am going to pursue my perfect Savior every day. And we want to help you with that. But the first step is to ask Christ to be your Savior. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you are. And I want you to listen very carefully. Lord, I pray for every person listening all over the world. You love them. You have an amazing plan for their life. But I also know that they probably have doubts and lies in their head as we all do because we've had stuff happen to us. But I declare freedom and deliverance and peace and courage to take that step of faith, to not only give their life to you, but to believe that they can actually be set free and think with clarity about your purpose for their life. So if you would like to give your life to Christ, just pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I'm flawed. I'm not perfect. But I believe Jesus loves me and has a better plan for my life. So I confess my sin. I confess my flaws. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I give my life to you. Set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give all those people a big hand. God bless y'all. Awesome, awesome. If you prayed that prayer, please text the word SAVED to 52525, SAVED to 52525. We would love to get you in a group where we can help you grow in your faith. Text the word INFO to 52525. You get all this information at, at, the, at that text, INFO to 52525. Um, 
And if you on our on our platform, please hit the raise your hand button. We would love to know that you raised your hand. Hey, I got saved. I got saved. Hit the raise your hand button if you prayed that prayer. If you're on our platform, um, God loves you. He has an amazing plan for your life. And, and let me tell you this: Don't think that now that you've done that, your problems are gone. Mm -mm. You just put on the armor of God. Now you can go fight those problems. They're going to be there till the day you die. Matter of fact, death in and of itself is a problem we got to deal with. But you have just conquered death because when you die, you go to heaven. But this is not about just going to heaven. This is about overcoming the works of the devil here and bringing heaven on earth and starting in your life, in your heart, in your mind. So we want to help you with that. And if you text the word info, you can get to 52525. You can get information about our groups. Because we want to help you grow in your faith and your relationship with God. And next week, we are going to be talking about how to discover your purpose. Um, please take the, get, take the spiritual gift test in preparation for next week. Because next week, it is going to help you understand, here's how God made me. Let me give you some guidelines on how you can go figure that out with clarity. Because you imagine if you knew with more clarity how God made you, and what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Be awesome. So again, if you prayed that prayer, hit that raise your hand button on our, on our platform. It's right there on the bottom of the screen. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God does something supernatural in your life. And that this week, this week, we're not promised. We, we have today, just as, uh, the beginning of at least today. But that this week will be the best week of your life. That I declare peace over your life, clarity over your life. Freedom, freedom, freedom over your life. Lord, bless everybody. Give them clarity. Set them free from the lies. And I, Lord, I pray that at least when they hear those lies in their head, they would denounce them and declare truth over them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. There are real people with real needs right now that God may have given you the ability or gift to come alongside and bless in this time of need. Let's make the impact together. We have a website full of resources and serving opportunities. Text INFO to 52525 and take the next step today.